to She Bangs, She Bangs for God and Country. I'm your host, Jennifer Bangs. I have two podcasts right now, both called She Bangs, She Bangs, but I bang different things in each podcast. This episode you're listening to right now is the last crossover episode I'll have on both podcasts. So if you are tuning in through my podcast, She Bangs, She Bangs, Marriage, Adultery, Texas, and Jesus, and you want to catch more of these special episodes, you'll have to find them on my new podcast, She Bangs, She Bangs, For God and Country. And if you're hearing this episode through my podcast, She Bangs, She Bangs, For God and Country, you may want to check out She Bangs, She Bangs, Marriage, Adultery, Texas, and Jesus for a totally spiritual yet equally foul-mouthed podcast about marriage, mistresses, and possibilities. I promise you, episode nine is right around the corner. I have been so caught up like you have in all the political mayhem going on that I've been focusing on these special episodes for God and Country. But episode nine is coming, I promise. Episode four, Trump. (laughs) Oh, lordy, lordy. I watched the presidential debate. I'm sure you did, too. And so much has been said about that debate that I won't belabor the points. It sucked. No one walked away cheering. You just walked away pissed or embarrassed, depending on whom you were cheering for. I was about to air this episode before the debates, and then I thought, no, maybe I'll wait. Doesn't seem like I needed to. More than anything, I think the debate simply brought my thoughts all the way around the bases back to home plate. As I've said in every episode thus far, I'm not going to pick a political side because sides divide and we don't need any more division. We don't need any more anger. There's enough anger to go around to light an entire city. What I want to share today is different than what you are probably hearing from anyone else. I want to bring some thoughts in addition to those feels you're already having. Just like in my episode, Science, I want to plant some seeds, present some food for thought, Because that's all we can do with integrity. Share some ideas and hope they spark a new approach if the current approach isn't working. And by the looks of things, our current approach is not working. As I've said so many times in both my podcasts, I'm from Texas. The most conservative county in Texas, as a matter of fact. These are my roots. I understand these people because these are my people. But I live in Harlem as a single mom. And I have for years. And I feel more at home here than anywhere I've ever lived, so Harlem feels like home too. And I am a Christian, and I have been most my life, and I take it pretty seriously. But I'm also a performer, and I will get on stage and flash my ass for the sake of art. And I support the LGBT community because some of my closest friends are gay. And I swear like a sailor, but I'm still very much in love with Jesus. So, no, I don't need to pick a political side because I understand both sides. And I encourage you to do the same. Be smarter. Be more open. It's not hard. You just have to humble yourself and realize you don't know everything unless you've done everything and lived every kind of life. So back to these debates. Back to the presidency. Back to Trump. I want to give some thoughts on Donald Trump, and I don't think you're going to hear these thoughts anywhere else. Because I have foraged the political spectrum and have picked up some juicy fruit along the way and have discovered where the poisonous berries are. I don't really know where I'm going with that analogy, but suffice it to say, I've journeyed a lot on both sides of the political spectrum. So just listen for a spell. Consider, what I'm about to say is probably going to sound harsh, but in our cancel culture, don't be so quick to judge. 
Do yourself a service and listen all the way through. I'm about to say things that will make some of you applaud and some of your hearts burn because you'll be convicted. But conviction usually feels like anger first because it's anger at yourself, but you'll turn it on me first. That's fine. You can get pissed at me as long as you be honest. Be super fucking honest with yourself. Sorry for swearing. I really do try to rein it in. I gave up swearing for Lent this year, and it actually made a dent. So I'm not as bad as I used to be. Okay, so lately, I've really been getting into the prophetic. By that, I mean the area of Christianity that deals with what God is saying to his people now. This often manifests into things being spoken about the future. This is an area of Christianity that I always knew from afar because I never went to a charismatic church. The ones where prophets speak and the people raise their hands and clap and wave flags or blow shafars and put their hands on people and heal them and speak in tongues, which sometimes sounds like gibberish, and tell you things that God is currently or futuristically saying to his people. I was first introduced to prophets two years ago, though I didn't know it at first. Two years ago, on Halloween, I stumbled into a prayer group my friend had told me about. I just caught my boyfriend cheating on me, like actually literally caught him cheating on me, like in the moment. (laughs) And I was a wreck, so I needed prayer. I walked into this group, but my friend was not there that day, and not one person there knew my name. I just said hello and proceeded to cry the entire meeting, and then these people started praying for me, and holy crap, guys. I realized these people were prophets. I hadn't told them anything about me, and then they started saying stuff about my boyfriend and him kicking me to the curb and real specific phrases he'd say to me in private or I'd say to other people in confidence, and holy crap, it was amazing. I had lunch with one of these prophets several months later, and a friend came up to meet me afterwards to go on a bike ride, and my prophet friend started prophesying over my bike friend. And when the prophet left, my bike buddy was like, why did you tell him all that personal stuff about me? And I was like, I never said a word to him about you. Anyway, as I've spent more and more time with these prophets, I've been hearing a lot about end times, rapture stuff. No, not the left behind movies because those movies sucked and any legitimate prophet will tell you those movies theologically sucked. But there is a lot of talk about end times. And yes, these kinds of people have been talking about end times for decades, centuries even, but I think we can all agree this is the first time our entire world has been caught up in the same narrative, right? I mean, coronavirus has affected half the world, and the other half of the world is having their own fights with the World Health Organization, and so I think it's safe to say this is the first time in the history of the world where all nations are connected and all nations are affected by the same thing. So... These prophets don't sound so kooky anymore. And the main thing I'm trying to set up here is that there have been many prophecies about Donald Trump. (laughs) Let me explain. Don't give up on me. You don't know what I'm getting at here. It's not what you think. I promise. It's not what you think. Ever since Trump was elected, I have been scratching my head how some Christians can support him. I have posted several times on social media about this, and I've lost some Republican friends over it whatever. They're closed-minded because I've never attacked Trump because I was going after a Republican. I've attacked Trump because when he acts like a fuckwad, I'll say it. 
and I could never understand how any Christian could get behind this man. The thrice-married adulterer, whom you know has shoved a woman or two into a limo on her way to Planned Parenthood after one irresponsible night. To think that Trump is personally pro-life is rubbish. To think that Trump is actually a Christian is rubbish. I mean, the man has boasted he doesn't need to ask for forgiveness. Uh, considering that's like the only tenant of Christianity, thanking Jesus for dying on the cross for your sins. Why anyone would think that man follows God is living in utter and complete denial. But, but, I told you I'm not going to say what you think I am. But, as much of a low character Donald Trump is, he was anointed by God to be president of the United States. And because he was prophesied to be president, winning the election and subsequently dumbfounding almost all of us, many Christians rallied around him like he was their savior. And at the debate the other night, Christians grieved heavily because their savior was an ass. If you were deflated by that debate because your Republican president was a big baby, then I challenge you, what did you expect? Okay, I'm going to come back to you Trump supporters. I got to head over to the Trump haters for a second. You're not off the hook either. Because you have completely lost your minds. You have. Your hatred for Trump, though understandable, has blinded you from any sort of reason. You wholeheartedly, willingly do the opposite of anything that comes out of that man's mouth. And that tactic is not smart. You're going to be hard-pressed to find any person on the face of the earth that doesn't have one decent or reasonable thought. Not every single thing out of Donald Trump's mouth is evil. You are better than that kind of thinking. No clear-headed individual says, point blank, this person here is my enemy and I'm going to do the opposite of what he says no matter what he says. Anything that comes out of his mouth is garbage and so I'm going to believe the opposite of anything he has to say. Consider the source of any message, yes, but consider the message, too. And you have discounted some good messages Trump's given, and I will prove to you how I know this. When Trump first came into office, he said something against vaccines. And the media, and all my friends, labeled him a stupid anti-vaxxer. And those of us who've spent more than two seconds researching vaccines knows that there are serious concerns about them. Seriously. Spend 30 seconds reading the package insert on a vaccine and you will see that vaccines themselves recognize they are not totally safe. At all. Unless you consider side effects of brain swelling, paralysis, or death safe. But I digress. So Trump came out and questioned vaccines and the media had a field day with what a stupid person he was. And then, not two months ago, Trump says he's got a warp speed vaccine on its way, and all of a sudden, Kamala Harris and the New York Times and Joe Biden are like, what? Already? You have a vaccine already? That seems a little fast. How do I know it's safe? I don't trust you, Donald Trump. I don't trust your vaccine. As if Trump's in the fucking lab mixing potions. Trump says, let's not panic. And the left says, panic! Trump says, Hydroxychloroquine is great. And the left says, ban it. Don't even let people get it, even though it's one of the safest drugs in the market and it's been around for 60 years. It's going to kill us all. Ah! You sound like idiots. Your hatred has made you idiots. Okay, back to the Trump lovers. <laughs> You're idiots too. Especially you Christian Trump lovers, because just because Trump supports pro-life causes doesn't mean he's immune from behaving badly. 
And here's where your Christian witness goes down the toilet because you can't chant family values when Clinton is in office and then look the other way when pregnant Melania is getting cheated on. If you want to have any credibility, humble yourself when a person calls out sin. When a person, especially a non-Christian person, identifies sin and asks you how you can support Donald Trump sinning, the first words out of your mouth should be, you're right, it's not okay that he did or said XYZ. When Donald Trump didn't condemn white supremacy during the debates, every Christian should be screaming for our president to repent of that gross void he left that night where denouncement should have gone. When Donald Trump said, grab him by the pussy, every Christian should have been aghast. But Christians weren't. They just doubled down. And therefore, you look like idiots. You look like hypocrites and you do nothing for the humility Jesus displayed every day of his life while here on earth. Never forget, Jesus was hardest on the religious. He was the hardest. And yet, Christians are often so soft on their fellow brothers and sisters. Well, brothers and sisters, this should not be. Call a spade a spade. Call a sin a sin. Because when people attack Trump, they are not attacking your savior. They're attacking a person. And that is okay. You don't need to defend Trump. He's not Jesus. But Trump was chosen. He was picked by Jesus. God put him in office and God wants to keep him there. At least that's what these prophets are saying. And it's why I've come to understand why Christians have rallied around him. It's why that man has more people in the White House praying for him. Not because he's awesome. They're praying because he's not awesome. Because that man needs more help than most people. And during the debates, I saw Trump without any spiritual power whatsoever. It's like the lights went off. And I realized it's because the church has stopped praying for this man. Because they are either tired of him, they want him gone, or they want him to stay but are kicking back and waiting for God to do something miraculous. And I think the other night at the debates, God showed his people that Trump will lose if they don't pray. Trump will lose if Trump tries to win in his own strength. But don't we want Trump to lose? Only if you don't believe in these prophecies. And it's okay. You don't have to. I'm not saying to. I'm not saying to vote for Trump. I'm remaining bipartisan here because I'm not trying to convince anyone whom to vote for. I'm only trying to explain prophecies surrounding Trump and why some Christians support him. And if you do believe in the prophetic, maybe consider listening and heeding what these prophets are saying. And if these prophets are listening and heeding correctly, wouldn't you want what God is anointing? Hear me. I am not saying Trump is a godly man or even a good man, but he is a chosen man. And God doesn't always choose people because they are good, but because God will use people for his good. Now, look, some of these prophecies are hard to hear. Some of these prophecies are about one man whom I have way more of a problem with than Donald Trump. This man has been on the world stage for much longer than Trump, and there are prophecies saying that despite what I see as a criminal against humanity, this particular man's heart will change and he will be a conduit for incredible good. It's hard for me to believe, but it's what some prophets are saying, and considering these prophets have predicted the future and I've watched their prophecies come through, I have to stop and consider just like I'm asking you to stop and consider. And the thing about a real prophet is they're not giving their opinion. They're recounting what God is saying. It's why some prophets were killed because they were saying things God was saying. And sometimes God doesn't always share warm, fuzzy stuff that feels like hot chocolate on a snowy day. 
And if you're not a spiritual person or you don't believe in prophets, that's totally fine. Because my message for you is, don't let your hatred drive your decisions. Don't let your hatred blind you from the truth. I'm not saying don't vote for Biden. I like Biden. He seems like a good man. He's been through a lot of hardship, and I like a man who's come against heartbreak and made it through. And I like Biden because he was a white man who served under a black president. And in this time of racial unrest, that's a good thing to remember our country did. Elect a black man. And by the way, prophets prophesied Obama would be president. So to be clear, I'm not saying God only wants Republicans in office. God doesn't operate under our two-party system. He's above it. Look, if I had my druthers, Pete Buttigieg would still be in the running. I'm just saying, be honest enough with yourself to see your own hypocrisy and blindness. Because Democrats suck too. Democrats, more than Republicans, have stirred up more hate these last several months and these last several years. And I'm a registered Democrat who lives in a black neighborhood. So I'm not saying this from some white conservative position. I'm saying it from a place of trying to understand both sides and also holding both sides accountable for their errancy. I'm calling to the carpet the God-fearing who aren't lifting up the president because it is biblical to pray for your leaders. And I'm calling to the carpet the non-God-fearing to be honest with yourselves that your hysterical anger isn't sound. Biden is not God's chosen leader, at least not according to the prophetic world. But Trump, in his own strength, is not God's chosen leader either. This has always been about God and what God is accomplishing through his people. It's his people that will keep this country from collapsing. Because it's his people that are supposed to be on the watchtower watching and praying and keeping an eye out for the enemy. Because there is an enemy. There is evil in this world. You see it in disease, and you see it in hatred, and you see it in racism, and you see it in murder. Evil manifests in many ways, and it is the godly people of this country that should be spending more time on their knees praying for the leaders of our country than sitting there on social media and trolling Trump or trolling Biden or fighting and fighting and saying nasty things and saying, oh, I wish this person would die or look at that fly on that guy's head and what an idiot he is and he's got, I guess, you know, flies are attracted to shit and stuff like that. I've heard Christians say this nonsense. We all lose if we don't pray. We all lose if we are distracted and put more into this chaos machine, more of this hatred machine that has us fighting each other. I said it in my first episode, Jesus and the virus. I'm trying to find ways in which we all agree because it's... Whew. I'm not very articulate on my feet. I'm not very articulate when I go off script. (laughs) I'm trying to find ways in which we all agree. Because it's pretty clear where we don't. I noted in Jesus and the Virus episodes that we are all experiencing fear, whether it's carrying fear within ourselves or fear outside of ourselves. But either way, that fear is running amok. I think we can all agree on that. And after being in the South for a while and then coming back to the Northeast, here's the other thing I think we can all agree on. We think this election is going to solve all our problems. (laughs) Do we really think it's humans that are going to get us out of trouble when it's humans that got us here? Do we really think Trump or Biden-Harris has the power to bring this country back from the brink of suicide? Are any of those people that powerful? 
Doesn't the awful state of our country seem to warrant a little more intervention than a person? Trump isn't going to save us. Democrats aren't going to save us. They never have. They never will. No human is the savior, just like no human is the enemy. It is war, but it is spiritual war. If you believe in God, pray. If you believe in God, meet with other people and pray. Yes, go vote. But it's our prayers that are going to change things. It's our prayers that are really going to make a difference. It's our prayers for these leaders that are going to change things. It's our prayers that are going to expose the truth and usher in change. This is not the time to stay home and isolate yourselves from other people and cross your fingers that some magical date in November is going to make everything okay. If you go and vote, go vote in person. Don't trust these mail-ins. I've, I've already been trying to do a mail-in and I'm getting letters back saying, oh, sorry, you didn't fill this out right and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like waiting on it. I'm like waiting on this mail-in ballot because I'm not going to be here during the election. So if you can go in person, just like you can go to the grocery store or to the post office, if you can go there, you can go into a poll. That's my, that's my one political thing I'm going to say. I don't trust the mail-ins or the online or whatever. Hmm. The only way we're going to come out of this alive is to pray. Because your vote can only go so far. Maybe you'll get your choice into the White House. But what then? Don't we know that there are so many forces at work at that high of a level? That there are so many temptations and lies that will fight to pull our president away from what is good and true? Our prayers have made a little dent into Trump's psyche, but not enough. He's still a big bully. And if we have four more years of him, we need to be praying for a softening of his spirit and a repentant heart because God will not work with hardened material. He works with clay. We've got stories of Pharaoh, right? Let my people go. God put Pharaoh in power because he was going to show his power and his strength through a stubborn man. And if Biden becomes president, we need to be praying for that man that he will work for the good of the people and will not be corrupted and that his heart will become clay and that he can be molded into a vessel for God's good. And that's what these prophecies are about, the foretelling of the good that is coming our way. Yes, some Christians tend to get a little frenzied and start chanting militaristic words of domination when they hear about the end of the world. They look forward to rapture where they'll be caught up into the heavens and leave their sorry-ass atheist friends behind. <laughs> <laughs> but that that is not what the Bible teaches necessarily. There's a lot of debate about what exactly signals the end times. But there's a lot of talk about trumpets. And names throughout the whole Bible mean something. Why do you think I named my podcast what I did? It's my name. With a name like Bangs, I was either going to be a sex worker, a drummer, or a truth teller. Those were my options. I speak a little in jest here, but the Bible is full of prophecy and symbols and images and names. I do find it interesting that our president's last name means trumpet. And I do find it interesting that Bill Gates' name means, well, Gates. And Fauci means jawbone. Maybe I'm reading into things. Maybe I'm not. I'm just trying to explain why loving people can support a non-loving man and I'm pleading that we loving people should be praying for this man because he was brought to office four years ago. And I believe he will be president for the next four years. Not because I want him to, but because he will be. 
God put him into power. It has been prophesied for decades that there would be a man just like Trump coming, a man with hot blood, a man not too articulate, to stir up the nations and to bring about change. But God is not going to bring change if people aren't praying, if people aren't honest, if people aren't humble, if people aren't repenting. Trump needs to repent. Look, if the prophets are right, then we're going to have this guy for four more years. I don't want a shitty Donald Trump for another four years. Nobody does. I want a godly Donald Trump. I want a man who uses his bullying spirit to bully the evil things in our country, right? You want someone who's a fighter for you. Those are great qualities in a leader. But that leader has to be taking his marching orders from a benevolent spirit. If the prophets are right, this is not just some asshole who stumbled into the White House. There is a plan and a strategy to this madness. Trump has grabbed all of our attention. Even Jimmy Kimmel has joked that he thinks more about the president than his own wife. I get that. I've read more articles on Trump than probably I've read the Bible. I think we can all agree that Trump is like a car wreck you can't take your eyes off of. And God wants to use that car wreck. And look, if the prophets are wrong, then great. Then this episode took, what, 25 minutes of your life and no harm, no foul, right? But if the prophecies are right, what are we going to do? If this podcast did nothing in the department of swaying you to consider things differently, to look at your own hypocrisy and anger, to not be blinded by your own hatred or your own confirmation bias, I hope you'll hear above all else my call to prayer because our leaders need it. Because ultimately, our leaders can't save us. Only God can. And for whatever reason, God created a world in which our prayers make a difference. Yeah!